Hey, Realtors. If you're listening to this right now, it means you're serious about your business. Remember, if you need a little help implementing any of the strategies you hear on this podcast, go to boarddigital.com and book a time to talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Real Marketers Podcast. On today's episode, we talk with Josh Buchter, editor of The Real Producers Magazine in Philadelphia. The Real Producers Magazine is one of the most exclusive publications in the industry as only the most elite agents are featured and showcased. Even receiving the magazine is a privilege as they are delivered exclusively to the top few hundred agents in the market. Josh uses first-hand experience and unfettered exposure to the most elite agents in the world and breaks down the 10 steps needed for any agent who one day hoped to be featured in this illustrious magazine. If you're interested in becoming one of the dominant names in your marketplaces, this is an episode you won't want to miss. I'm Olive Gore, and this is The Real Marketers Podcast. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, hope everyone is doing well. It is currently Monday, October 11th, and it's Thanksgiving here in Canada. So today I have an awesome guest. Um, I, I know the spelling of your last name, but forgive me, I'm not too clear on the uh, pronunciation. How, how do you say your name? It's Buckter. Buckter. Okay, fine. So it's it's just so everyone knows, it's B-U-C-H-T-E-R. So I wasn't sure if that was like Butchter or, but there we go. I get it all the time and they call me the Butcher. <laughs> oh, there we go. I, I think you looked the part also a little bit. Um, yeah. How are you, how you doing, man? How's your day going? Very good. Very good. Just processed my deadline for, for the November publication. So feeling good about that. It's off to a good start for the week. Okay, good man. Uh, yeah, so um, obviously uh, we've been connected for a little while now. How long do you think we've been connected with each other? I want to say over a year on yeah. and off, right? Yeah. yeah, so I mean, as far as I remember, it was kind of just one of those things that as soon as we met each other, there was uh, we were kind of just jiving. And uh, I don't think at the beginning there was anything concrete that we had to offer each other, but I think it was just we, we kind of needed to keep each other in, uh, in our networks. Um, but yeah. Uh, let's pretend I didn't know you tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, how did we get connected and uh, what is it that you actually do? Well, we're both, we're, I think we're both getting pretty busy on social media and Facebook. So that's obviously how we got connected. I'm all, I'm down in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You're up in Canada, you know, the power of technology and it's, it's a beautiful thing. So I love, uh, you know, it's like real recognized real. So it's just good to meet uh, cool people like yourself. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be here today for sure. Um, yeah. I'm 34 years old, Philly, um, got a background in business development and real estate. I've held various business development roles in credit repair, in title insurance and property management. Um, always done business with real estate agents. In 2016, I started an events planning company called Wolf of Broad Street Real Estate Events to kind of tie everything together. Just gave me a reason to stay relevant and bring people together for nice real estate industry happy hours um, and just been having a lot of fun with it. I know we're going to get into my my current endeavor, Philadelphia Real Producers Magazine. I'm, I've been been at that for uh, over two years now. We're we're just finalized our thirty first issue, so just keeping busy on the Philly real estate uh, scene and and having a good time doing it. Um, you know, just just happy to be here. Yeah. So that real Real Producers Magazine was was uh, probably one of the more interesting, I guess, products that you have. Because, I mean, everybody sort of has their stories about how they got there. And, and, and that definitely is a conversation for another time, because I know your story is obviously interesting. But that Real Producers Magazine is something that I I don't want to say that, like, nobody has anything similar to that. Because obviously, I don't know every single product in the marketplace. But I do know 
that what it offers is different and what it actually is is sort of a new a new and unique opportunity for real estate agents and other real estate professionals that aren't necessarily agents. So yeah, I definitely want to get into that. So what is the Real Producers Magazine and, and like what does it offer for real estate agents? Yeah, of course. So Real Producers is a franchise. We're in 100 markets across the United States. Um, it's basically a platform to, you know, connect, elevate, and inspire real estate professionals in each of the respective markets across the country. I'm the publisher and area director for Philadelphia Real Producers Magazine. And basically what we do is we um, highlight the top 500 real estate agents in the magazine. We coordinate their photo shoots and their articles, and we put together nice features. Um, the magazine gets delivered specifically to the top 500 realtors in Philadelphia County on a monthly basis, free of charge. Um, there's 18,000 real estate agents in Philadelphia County. So to be in the top 500, you're in the top 3%, you're at the top of your game um, and you're, you're killing it with your, your transactions and your numbers. And it's almost a, a way to recognize all those efforts and connect them with some of the best affiliates in the game who are, who are my clients, you know, the, the mortgage, the title, the home inspectors, uh, insurance, you know, I have uh, over 50 clients now. And basically my job and every real producer's job is to connect the top realtors with the best affiliates in the city through a monthly magazine and quarterly events and just a thriving social media community. The best part about it is the real estate agent doesn't pay anything to be featured in the magazine or to get a copy or to come to the events. Everything's, you know, all made possible by the ad revenue and our, our preferred partnerships. So it's, it's pretty interesting. There's, there's really nothing out there like that. I mean, there's, there's magazines that charge agents thousands of dollars for a feature or to get copies and make it look like it's their magazine and things like that, but it's not how, how real producers work. It's very, very unique. So it's really almost like a badge of honor. You get the magazine in your mailbox, you know, you're doing something right by being ranked in the top 500. Um, I'm not going to lie, realtors have egos. They like to see themselves on covers of magazines and getting all the, the shine and the social media attention. And it's just kind of cool for me to be able to, to flip the tables from me once being a business development guy, trying to get a meeting with some of these top realtors um, and having a hard time doing it for the fact that they're so busy and you know they got 100 people hitting them up all the time and things like that. But for me to offer them a free feature in a magazine or to come out to an awesome exclusive event it's just cool to be able to turn the tables and be able to you know kind of make more friends with the top realtors and build more relationships and just represent my clients in a better way through through this whole platform it's, it's a lot of fun right and i mean you know you know what like first off there's certainly no shame in that like the the, the exclusivity and uh and um i guess like liking to see your name and and, and uh and everything on on magazines um i know certainly this well, this is like the drive, for example, to be on Forbes 30 under 30. Like that's something that I really used to care. I mean, don't get me wrong, if Forbes 30 under 30, if Forbes called me and asked me to be on 30 under 30, I would still willingly and graciously accept. However, um, the only reason that I have because that would be something I, I wanted to do that. And I I kind of stepped back and I was like, well, that's not really what it's about. Like if they say like the most successful or the fastest growing, like Inc., for example, that's something that would excite me. The reason a Forbes 30 under 30 is something that I've kind of been like. I don't know, it's, I guess, less on my bucket list now is because the whole point of under 30, that's not really what entrepreneur, entrepreneurship is about. It's kind of a slower growth. That being said, the opportunity to kind of be at the front of the magazine, for sure, like that sort of exclusivity, that's what makes it so valuable. Like that's what makes it currency. So, so just to make sure that I kind of understand that sort of exclusivity, making it very uh, strictly for the top 500 agents is really what makes your, val your, your magazine and your 
honestly organization because it's more than just a magazine that's what makes it so exclusive and that exclusivity is what makes it so um i guess valuable for these vendors and these affiliates yes yes and and the access you know, through the events by by bringing these top producers out and introducing them to my preferred partners that's a very valuable and important part of our whole business model too the magazine and the events are kind of equally important you know right we so i want uh, we just hosted our second annual um nine hole golf tournament last friday it, it was it was an awesome time we had about 70 realtors out uh for a free round of golf uh, we had all the golf carts lined up and the staff was awesome and we had a happy hour afterwards with live music even more people came afterwards who didn't golf and it was just a beautiful thing especially in in covid times just being outdoors on a big open golf course and and uh you know getting to it yeah so it's it's funny you are like i suppose a, a professional networker like that that seems to be like it's a pretty big part of your job so there, I guess the next sort of um, um, direction that I kind of want to go right now, what, I, what I'm curious about is to combine, number one, your, your experience as long, along with your expertise and, and what it is that you actually do. So you work exclusively, not almost, you work only with the top 500 agents, which means the top, top producers in your area. Those are the people who you associate with. So you've seen... Um, and you continuously see every single day a common denominator between what makes these guys different from everybody else. And I'm sure that networking is going to be a part of it. Um, and I'm not entirely sure everything that 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 you you generally speaking say differentiates them from everybody else. But I know from my research about you that there is a top 10 list that you've had about what differentiates top producers versus everybody else and what the top 10 things that real estate agents need to be successful. And I certainly want to get into that. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, elaborate, if I was a real estate agent, what are the top 10 things that I need to do to get into your magazine one day? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned before, we're on our 31st issue of the magazine, which means we've featured over 100 of the top you know, agents in, in Philadelphia over the last, you know, two and a half years. Um, so having the opportunity to interview these top agents and, you know, learn their stories and make notes of what made, has made them successful, you know, I've kind of have like narrowed down a, a, at least a rough top 10 of, uh, you know, things that top realtors do to be successful. Um, and there, there's many commonalities, but it usually starts with, you know, building trust and, and doing what you say, you know, just do what, do what you say you're going to do. You know what I mean? It, it, it's very, a lot of these top 10 points are, are very simple, but if you tell a client, you're going to call them back at 7 PM, call them at 7 PM. If they can expect the doc you sign tomorrow morning, send it to them like that, or you can just, you know, you have to, you know, kind of just like keep your client's best interest at heart and, and fight for your client um and understand what your client wants you know that's that's kind of like the basis point of a successful realtor because if you're not doing that you're not gonna you're not gonna get anywhere you know it's really easy to be a realtor it's super hard to be a a, a good realtor um you know barriers of entry are very low to get your license and hang it with a brokerage and and, and hit the ground running but if you don't have these key points in in mind um you're going to be you know hustling backwards so as you're saying, the first one is to guess, be a person of your word and to, res uh, to respect what you say. Yeah. And, and build trust, you know, be, be transparent um, with, with the good and the bad information, you know, don't hide anything from your clients and have the guts to tell them bad news when, when they need to hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just be, being transparent, building trust, fighting for your client and, and do, do, do what, 
what you say you're going to do, you know? I like that you said that because one of the things that does frustrate me, I know there's a lot of misconceptions that, that go around about wealthy people and about CEOs that they're selfish and that they don't get there uh, with integrity. And, and, and the reality is it's just simply not true very often. I'm not saying that nobody cheats their way to the top, but for the most part, unless you're at the top, you're not given the luxury of being able to cheat because if somebody sees you coming to the top cheating, like they'll mm-hmm. shove you right back down there so quickly. Oh, yeah. And, and you're, you're not like, this isn't like just conjecture. Like you see that these people, they're honest people, they're good people and they're hardworking individuals. So they didn't cheat their way to the top. They hustled to get there and they did it with honesty and integrity. That's right. That's right. Keeping, keeping the long game in mind, you know, and that's not about a quick buck or closing this deal because it, we got 1.6 million people in Philadelphia, 18,000 real estate agents. It's, but that tight-knit real estate community word will spread like wildfire and you won't last in the business if you if you don't operate the you know with integrity so one of my uh one of my social media posts recently i don't know how recently it was but uh having integrity just means prioritizing where your business will be in 10 years versus where it is today because there are plenty of opportunities to make a quick buck mm-hmm. and if i did that then maybe i'd be richer today but i i'll bet you anything i'll be I'll be, uh, I guess, less wealthy the next day, or it wouldn't take very mm-hmm. long before it kind of catches up to me. Okay, so then the first one, the first of this top 10 list would be uh, act with integrity. Um, what would you say next? This is a kind of like a, a basic one, but systems and processes. You know, I've noticed that a lot of the top realtors are uh, very organized. You know, I had a, uh, a builder friend, Vince Viney. He owns the largest single family home builder in Philadelphia. Um, he said, if I do anything more than twice, I create a process for it. You know, and I think that's important to be consistent in your, you know, stamp, standard operating procedures and your, your whole uh, business because um, clients can sense when you got your, when you got your shit together or not, you know? Yeah. Um, so um it's kind of a basic one, but I, I have noticed that, you know, and I'm sure you have systems or processes for things you do. I know I'm um, a slave to my calendar and this notepad that I carry around. It's my daily to-do list on one side and scrap on the other side. And whatever doesn't get done today goes to the next day. It's just like an easy way for things not to fall through the cracks, you know? So not so, only do I have my own systems and processes in place, but I actually have a CRM software company. Yeah, right. um, so in a box, I don't know if you've ever heard yeah. of it, but, but so that's my company. Um, yeah. So I appreciate that implied endorsement right there. I speak to people sometimes that say like, Hey, what's going on? Cause I believe in the importance of doing uh, things that don't scale to scale. So I'm still at the point in the business where I take, I don't say all my sales calls, but a lot of my sales calls. So when I speak to people and they go, you know, I got my Google sheets, you know, I got my, I got my notebook right here, which has every single person that I've ever spoken to. It's like, why are you not speaking to enough people there? <laughs> or you don't have everyone in there because that just doesn't make any sense. So I appreciate that implied endorsement. Of course, of course. Yeah, laid that uh, one up. For you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Congratulations on all your your success within a box, man. I love I love where you're going with it, and I wish you nothing but the best. Obviously, you know, honestly, I appreciate that. I really do. Um, okay, yeah. So so then, what would be the third on the list? To delegate, you know, just like know what you're good at doing and what you like doing and then delegate the rest to somebody who's just like better equipped to take on those tasks. Um, I think that's a big part of what goes into being a successful agent. You can't do everything. I mean, very few of them do that. They're they're um, an independent agent. They don't have a team. They do everything themselves and they're super successful, but it's it's not, you know, very common, you know, so it's, it's, it's best to automate and just delegate 
and then you can kind of just like regulate the whole process, you know, and some, some agents are focused on building big teams of, of agents. And I've noticed some successful agents are more focused on building back office teams that aren't licensed that just help with the transaction coordinating, keeping everything in track, taking care of their schedules, taking care of their uh, logistics and everything like that. That's a big, big part of the game too. So maybe you're not interested in building a big team or a downline or anything like that. And you just want to invest in a personal assistant and a transaction coordinator and this, this and that on, on the back end. So you have just a well-oiled machine going, you could be equally as successful as somebody with 30 agents on their team. You know? Yeah. So, so I guess the obvious question there is that that works if you're one of the top 500 agents where you have the budget to, to, to hire someone to delegate it to. But if I were a new agent, I wouldn't have that budget. Or even if I was not a new agent, but let's say I'm only doing like one, maybe two transactions a month, depending on which city you're located in. But oftentimes a transaction to a month is not going to be enough for you to hire somebody like that. So how would you delegate if you didn't have the budget or the capital to do so? I would explore different options of like being a mentor to somebody, finding other hungry, young real estate professionals that want to learn the business, you know, and can kind of just like almost, you know, sweat equity, work, work for free, work for knowledge, work for a stipend or, or anything like that. Um, there's also ways to delegate a lot of mundane tasks out to the Philippines or, or, or things like that for, you know, a few dollars a day. And they're very, very competent people. Um, so there, there's ways, there's ways around, you know, ha not having money and not having a, a big budget and, and continuing to grow. It might not be ideally what you're looking for, but anything that you could take off your plate to focus on income producing activities is, a, is a good opportunity cost. You know, it's, it's, it's worth it. You know, there's, I think, um, um, Bradley or Grant Cardone, they say, just, just stay broke, you know, just yeah. stay low, keep fire and invest in back in your business. And, you know, that's that's something you got to get used to i didn't yeah. even know that you were a fan of bradley but i, I mean grant cardone obviously grant cardone's the man but but everyone sort of knows him he's more mainstream but brand bradley is a guy who does actually remind me quite a bit of grant cardone yeah uh and he's such a stud yeah yeah a good friend of mine jay duran um he has a company called culture matters um he's getting married soon and bradley is his best man hey that's cool <laughs> yeah. i yeah, actually tried getting Bradley. Sorry, what'd you say? Um, my friend Jay goes back and forth to, to Vegas a lot to see Brad. Oh, I did, he lives in Vegas? His headquarters is in Vegas, yeah. Yep. Okay. I actually tried to get Bradley onto the podcast. It didn't work out. There's uh, I'm not sure why it didn't work out, but um, I'll reach out again for sure. You kind of reminded me. It's been, I, I, you know how it is. You follow somebody religiously and then, and then you kind of just don't even realize, but like, hey, I haven't watched that guy in a while. So I haven't really been following him so much recently. Um, but I know his old stuff, like a lot of the stuff on sales I used to watch. Um, yeah. cause a lot of these guys have a lot, they, they, they talk a lot of fluff. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but another guy who I really love for sales and he's actually coming onto the podcast. Um, I mean, scheduling wise he's coming on this week, but I'm not sure when the actual episode is going to be airing. Um, but is Brian Casella. You're familiar with that name, Brian Casella? Rings a bell. Rings yeah, a bell. so he was uh, located in California. I think he now moved to, to Florida. But he's a guy that I that I followed, I think probably even before I had my podcast. I've been following him for a little while now. That, that uh, yeah, this sounds about right. He's got about 200,000 subscribers. And what I love about him is he doesn't just tell you what it is that you should do. He shows you live videos of himself doing these cold calls. And these guys answer the phone. And the first time I watched it, like, 
they say like, it was an expired listing. And the guy's like, oh, I'm not interested, man. And somehow we turned that into, yeah, sure, come over next Friday and we'll talk about it. And I was like, how? It didn't even make any sense how those how those steps happen. And then you kind of go back and you dissect it step by step. And that's what I love about these guys. And that's what one of the first things you said is real. Uh, what, what do you say? Real appreciates real or real, real attracts real. Real recognizes real. Yeah, you know? there we go. And like, that's really one of the great things about this is there's so many. And I know we're going a little bit off topic here, but there are so many hacks out there, which is one of the reasons. Um, and I'm not sure if I told you, I did tell you, I'm, I'm getting my license myself because I, I, I want to be an actual coach. And in order to be a coach, I need to have done it myself. Otherwise I'm, I'm just, I guess a hack or a guru and we've got enough of them in the world. Um, so as somebody who was, sorry, truth is in the proof. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but if you, like the guy with the, just like the guy with the cold calls, you know, that's, that's concrete, you know, undeniable skills that he's passing on right there. And it's it's not not fluff. Yeah. Like I have no doubt if I wanted to start a coaching program, let's say for, I don't know if I want to start a sales coaching program, I don't get me wrong. I'm good at sales. I know how it works and everything, mm-hmm. but like these guys have sold like tens of hundreds of millions of dollars of product. I'm not there. So I, I'm sure that I could pass it off. As, I'm sure that I could fudge some numbers and there's enough people doing that, but like, I don't know. It really is important to kind of do it and like actually. And, and so going on a tangent right now, but you just mentioned Bradley. So another podcast. I would love to talk more about that stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but uh, okay, so so what do we got now? We've got number one, respect, be a man of your word. Um, number two, um, I'm, I'm going to go out of order a little bit. Number two, delegate. Um, we had- uh, uh, Systems uh, and processes. Systems and processes and organization, yes? Yeah. Yep, okay. Exactly. So what else do we got? What's number five? It's got to be, you know, networking. You know, there's a lot of different angles to, to networking as a real estate agent, whether it's professional networking events and business card exchanges or um, different organizations that folks are involved with referral of business lunches or, or, or meetings or anything like that. That's that's all networking. I think that's very important. Um, but there's also different levels of networking. I've seen some of these top 500 agents go door knocking in neighborhoods just to introduce themselves to homeowners. You know what I mean? And um Shout out Abe Thompson with uh, with KW Philly. Um, he credited the fact that his back was against the wall with his previous business, which was I think in the, he had a cell phone um, store. Um, his back was against the wall in a recession, and he had to find something new to do, and got into real estate, and he did it by knocking on doors and introducing wow. himself, and asking people you know what they needed, or just being there to you know offer any assistance that he could, and he 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 really you know got it got it from the mud so that that's networking to me that's guerrilla marketing you know it's just it takes some some real guts to do things like that real estate agents could benefit so so much if they took more advantage of networking with their affiliates you know like across the closing table trying to like learn a little bit more about each other like i've noticed a lot of these top realtors and and um vendors have done deals across the closing table from one another but they don't know each other like on a on a personal level or uh, where they're coming from or how they they may be able to help each other's you know business in, in general so that's a lot to do with networking michael cohen with keller williams philadelphia mentioned that in one of our articles um he treats every closing like a like a networking event so that's a good point for for realtors to, to think about 
Okay, so so this is one that sort of intrigues me a little bit. Um, and I knew that we were going to get into networking because obviously that is that is what you do. Um, when I got into advertising, one of the first, and I was, I, I mean, I'm trying to think back. I was a junior copywriter. I may have not even, may have been even been an in, you know, unpaid intern. I mean, I was definitely an unpaid intern when I started. But I remember um, when I was graduating college for uh, copywriting, they told me just like network, just network. And I didn't really know what that meant. So we'd go to these events and I just go up to people and say like, hi, how are you? My name is Oliver and give me their business card. And I didn't even have a business card. So I was, cause I was so green and I'd be like, well, I don't know. Remember my face. I don't, I don't know what to tell them, but nothing ever kind of came of that. And then there was a time when uh, all of a sudden I got a, I, I knew somebody who worked at BBDO. So he was a friend of a friend or she was a friend of a friend rather. Um, and then she got me into the door to speak to one of their copywriter and art director teams. And while they weren't looking to hire, they didn't hire me or anything like that. But just to get in there, um, to have that kind of meeting was just so phenomenal for me. So, but I guess what I'm asking is, is when you are starting and people say network, it's like, I don't really know always what that means. Network, network with who, why, where? when um like is there a strategy to it or is it just like go out and freaking say hi to as many people as you can go to the grocery store and just hand out your business cards to anyone and everybody who has a hand i, I mean there's like a saying um givers gain you know if you're if you're going to be networking and meeting new people go in there with a sense of curiosity um before you ask for anything be curious about you know what they do what they need how you can help them and then like if it's worth helping them you know, you're, you're going to follow up on, on that, um, that relationship and continue the conversation and save their, their number in your phone. And if you can't help them with something right then and there, um, you'll let them know you'll be, you know, following up and keeping in touch and reaching out to them soon. And then actually, actually do that. You know what I mean? If it's, if it's worth it, if you're, um, you know, a realtor out at a, charity gala black tie event and you want to network with big money individuals who have portfolios of properties and things like that you don't want to have sales breath when you're meeting these folks and saying if you're ever looking to buy sell invest in real estate please call me like i'm, I'm the best you know the the top realtors aren't doing that you know they're they're um <clears throat> there's they're slow rolling it they're like you know learning about their client and they're listening more than they're they're talking so that's a big part of of networking it's not a, a matter of like i while i do have about eight thousand contacts in my phone um you don't need to make it a point to just amass a ton of contacts or like you know just stacks and stacks of business cards right away um you know if i could do it all over again i would probably be more tactful about the relationships that I was like focusing on instead of trying to just like spread myself too thin across the whole room and meet every single person. Mm -hmm. These are things like I've learned over the years. It's better to walk out of a networking event or any, any type of event um, with a handful of good contacts than a hundred business cards to sort through, you know? So who would you strategize? Who, who would you prioritize? Like, how would you strategize that? Back in, in, in my business development days, you know, it, it would be me trying to identify the best realtors who could send me the most title insurance business or who had credit repair clients that needed help or had investors with property management needs. Um, I would just try to narrow down and see if this, this agent or affiliate was like really getting busy or were they just there to drink and, and BS and get away from the house and kids or like, you know, to see who was like really, you know, a, 
who, who was really about it. You know, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, talk about it, but the ones who are successful really are about it, you know? So yeah, that, that's what I, you know, would, would suggest is trying to funnel, funnel it down, you know, like that. So the conversations now that I have, depending on who I'm talking to, but, but now when I speak to marketers, it's a different conversation than it used to be. Now, when I'm speaking to a marketer, oftentimes they want something out of me, which I don't really care because I remember when I was there and I really wanted somebody to just give me the time of day. But as long as they're not coming out and being like, you want to outsource your work to me? Like, that's kind of annoying. It's like kind of, if you have any questions, I'm happy to help you. Um, But I guess as a, as a real estate agent, like I, I know that the people, for example, let's say the top mortgage agents, they go to these networking events and they know that people are going to be coming up to them and they're probably going to be going up to other people as well. So when a new agent comes up to them and says, hi, my name is John, um, they're fine. They know what's happening, but there are still ways of doing it. There is still a certain etiquette that, that you should uphold. So how would that conversation go with you again? Now people know who you are. Now most of Philadelphia in the real estate world knows who you are. Let's pretend they didn't. How would you go about that? Um, you know, basically just shake, shake their hand, introduce myself, um, you know, be likable, be friendly, be, you know, easygoing. Um, and it's just, it's just like a way to maybe make a joke or break the ice and things like that. I'm not jumping right into, Hey, Josh Buck, their Philadelphia real producers magazine. Yeah. It's a platform for Philly's top 500 realtors and their favorite affiliates. Um, do you know anybody that wants to build relationships with realtors? I would love to talk to them about advertising. I can help them with, at events. I, I sell access, not ads. Like I could jump into like stuff like that and overwhelm people and just throw up everything about my business. But you know, it's, it's not the ideal way to go, you know, to go about yeah. it. Yeah. So it's it's really honestly just people overthinking it. I mean, yeah, make it a friend, make make a friend. People people do business with people who they who they like and who can add value. You know? Yeah. So if you could do those two things, you're and and um, you know, just just make a friend. Yeah. Just yeah, exactly. I, I think it's it's. I think a good example of this is actually myself and you. I mm-hmm. like we still haven't done any physical business together. I'm sure that there will be a time where that happens though. Mm-hmm. But after we kind of spoke to each other, we're like, great, like this works. Let's just keep on talking. You know what I mean? And I'm sure there will be a time where I'll help you out and, or you'll help me out, but it doesn't have to start like that. So I think that, that generally speaking, people over, overthink it. And, and yes, the, the questions that new, I'll say new business people, but honestly, in this case, new agents will have is, well, I don't understand networking. That sounds all good in theory, but like, who do I network with? How do I network with them? Where do I go to do that? It's like, well, this could be go to a real estate networking event and just say hi to somebody, right? Like when you're, I don't know, going to your kid's soccer game, just meet new parents the same way that somebody else would meet new parents. And if you're slightly antisocial, then get over that. And that might be something you need to do. I don't know, if you go into a community barbecue, just say, hi, I'm this person's mom. I'm this person's dad. How are you? And then just because everyone's buying a house at some point in time in their life or selling their house at some point in time in their life. And it really is kind of just about making friends there. And, uh, and I, you I know what? One one of, one of my uh, best friends, Scott Foster, he's, he says, if you don't have anything on the calendar that day, no no meetings, no events or anything, put on a suit or your best dress and go get a cup of coffee, and just like watch watch what happens when you when you present yourself like you are successful, um, and put yourself out there even at a coffee shop or standing in line at a grocery store. Everywhere is an opportunity. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, 
Like, what do you do? I actually remember the funny you say that because I remember I was on my way to an event once and I wore um, like a nice three piece suit and a nice tie um, at the grocery store. Now, obviously, I would never dress like that at the grocery store. Um, and I do remember that I got like people like just smiling at me as I walked by. And people it was hold such the a, door a little bit longer. They hold the door a bit a little, little bit longer for you when you're when you're running up to it, you know. Yeah, for sure. I was like, God, this is probably what attractive girls feels like feel like all the time. Like the world is a wonderful place. Everyone's so lovely. Um, but uh, yeah, for sure. Okay, good. So networking um, is is after that. Okay, so what would you say next? It, it follows after networking is is just being re, being resourceful. You know, being a resource for your client after you've you know done your networking and you've built your um, your little black book of all your favorite affiliates who you know are trusted and you can refer to for this or that and you know your neighborhoods and you know the businesses and you know the community events that are coming up you're, you're now a resource that is super valuable to to clients they if they're moving into town from somewhere else they want to work with somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about you know and has that confidence and can escort them around the city and you know point out this and that um it's, it's another uh, great real estate couple bruno and stacy here with home smart realty advisors they say the relationship begins um after the after the closing with their clients you know that's that's when it, it really begins and if you're a resource and you um, pick up the phone for your client even after you caught that that check and moved on to the next one you should make that a point you know in, in your business to to be that 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 person that has that guy or gal for for every little thing that your client might need you know so resourcefulness right and then that would be the difference between being a salesperson and being a service person exactly exactly right so that's actually one of the i would not one of honestly the the only and the best way that i get clients is by helping people when they have nothing to give me Mm -hmm. um, because number one, they will at some point in time. And when you see leads or prospects as either like good leads or duds, um, they're always going to be quote unquote duds really because you're the dud. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But when you help someone out and you kind of position yourself like that, then there's going to be an opportunity for either them to refer someone to you. Um, so yeah, so I guess value first. So what would you say next? Definitely like staying on top of, you know, the local real estate trends and data, you know, education, training, self-development. That's a, a daily regiment of a lot of these top realtors. I wasn't going to get into like the whole mind, body and soul and meditating and gym and eating healthy and everything like that, because that is kind of a commonality through a lot of these top realtors, most of them at least. Um, but I think, you know, the, the education and training that a lot of these brokerages are offering, um, you know, people spend tens of thousands of dollars every year in, in self-development. You know, um, I think that's just a, a major part of, of being successful, not only in, in real estate, but, but anything, you know, so. How know, do so. you, how do you think, um, I know that you, you said you didn't want to get into it, but I'm going to kind of drag you back into it. I hope you don't mind because you're sure. talking about going to the gym and sort of that personal professional, personal development. That's something that I personally, I'm, I'm, I hold in very high esteem. And unfortunately I don't go to the gym and work out as much as I would like, but I do a lot of reading and mastering my my mind is is a never-ending struggle for me and it's super important um why do you think that it's so prevalent among successful people that they are so focused on mastering their body and mastering their mind um and just becoming an optimal versions of themselves why do you think that these people who are obsessed with that are also successful in their business endeavors 
they they like being successful and they enjoy their life and they want more of it and they want a better version of it you know people who that are, are working minimum wage and two jobs and overtime and eating mcdonald's every day and and drinking beer and smoking cigarettes and they just don't have much to you know uh aspire to i think you know so i think i think the, the successful folks get it they have they weren't always there like Look at like Russell Simmons, you know, the owner of Def Jam back in the 80s. He was running around with Run DMC, eating cheesesteaks and, and smoking Newports and over overweight, you know, and everything like that. And now he's the most Zen yoga yogi, like eating good, like and, and more successful than ever. So I think something just eventually clicks in, in these folks' minds as they're achieving more success. They don't they don't want to let it slip away. So how would you reconcile then that the ones who are successful are the ones that sort of look after their body, but there is also a, 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 a movement, or I, I should say a train of thought that let's say the people, for example, that are working two minimum wage jobs, because that's what they've got to do to make ends meet. Like that's not good for their bodies either. Mm -mm. Um, But those guys, they get hustle in a way that people, I don't want to say like you and I, because I don't know your history, but I personally have never had to work two minimum wage jobs to keep keep a roof over my family's head. Right. So as much as I hustle and as much as I grind, I do think that they get it in a way that I, I certainly can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, yeah. how would you reconcile the fact that they get that, even if they're not looking after the bodies the way that they should be, but that's out of necessity. And I do believe that if they were ever put in my shoes that, I don't know, maybe they would find success quicker than me just because they, they're, they know how to work even harder than I can because they've just needed to for so long. Yeah, I mean, it's like breaking generational curses in, in a lot of ways, too. Like people just, you know, are, are born into a certain way of life and their family has diabetes and are obese and just, you know, they grew, grew up on on greasy foods and, and processed foods and things like that. But I, I, I think it, now more than ever, people are waking up and, you know, smartening up no matter what their economic status is to to live a healthier life, you know, so you it, you know, you, you can, you can make it, make it work on, you know, on $10 either way, you, you, you can go get, you know, some, some fruit and salads, or you're going to take that in and go get some, some Big Macs, you know, you just got to make smart choices. And I think yeah. successful people have figured it out. They took their, like, and I want myself and all the people listening to like, take the guesswork out of it. And that's why I kind of brush it off. Like, let's just all do that. Cause that's super, super necessary, you know? You know, you can't pour out of an empty cup and, you know, just got to, you know, have that in place. And I'm, I'm not preaching like I'm the most, you know, healthy, level-headed person out there, you know what I mean? But something that we, we should all strive for, you know. For sure. Yeah. Okay, so so after like uh, personal development and, and, and continuing your professional development and business education, what next? Surround yourself with, with people who are more successful than you are. You know, um, I hear that I hear that a lot. We just featured Jim Monesti. Um, he's our cover story for November. He's in the top 10 of all the Philly realtors. And that's a big part of um, what, what he says. You know, he's on the number one team in Philadelphia, the, the Mike McCann team. Um, and while Jim's super successful, you know, he looks at Mike McCann as a, as a mentor and for him to be able to pick up the phone and call the number one realtor for decades in, in Philly and consider him a friend, that's very powerful. So if you're like the sum of the five people you surround yourself with, you're definitely going to want to make sure that those five people are pretty awesome, you know, and, and, and doing even better than you are, you know, yeah. I think that's part of it. 
Do you, I'm assuming you know who Gary Keller is, yes? Of course, yep. So have you read The One Thing? No, it's, it's on my list, though. It's in my Audible. So first off, phenomenal list. So yeah. we actually, Jeff Woods is the uh, CEO of The One Thing brand and movement. So he was actually on the podcast right. um, a good few months ago now. Um, but first off, he's an awesome guy. The book was amazing. And that's one, that, that book, like there's one exercise, I suppose, that I continuously do in my business. But he actually said also is that one of the things I got him so attracted to, to Jay Papasan and Gary Keller was that you are the sum of the five people or the average of the five people that you spend the most time. And that was such a, such a, uh, an, a vital thing for him and his teachings and, and, and the way that they go about business and their yeah. lives as well. So that's something that, so, okay. So, so then in, in this case, if you wanted to be the average of the five people that you spend the most time with you, if you want to be exceptional, you have to surround yourself with pretty exceptional people. Right. Right, right. But yep. but wouldn't that mean then that you would have to sever some important relationships that you've had with other friends or family that maybe aren't as academically or biz- professionally speaking as exceptional as you would like to be? Yeah, it's not e- it's not easy to do, you know. But it's 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 part of life and growing, you know. I, I've I have friends that I've known since I was eight years old, um, and I have friends that I could still know, but I chose not to, you know, just just because um you know they weren't adding to you know my you know circle of influence the way I wanted them to and if if they're going to bring me down in any way it's just like you got to kind of cut those ties or at least deprioritize certain people and things you know because my motto has always been just no steps backwards like every day even if I don't take any steps forward that day, as long as I'm not taking any steps backwards, it was a decent day for me. You know what I mean? So if right. you, you got to, you know, tactfully and strategically make those decisions and sometimes it hurts, but you know, um, I'm assuming also there, I, I'm assuming also there are ways of doing it that you're not entirely severing the ties. Like I've no, had people no. in my life also um, where maybe they're not pushing me forward, but there's a way of strategically doing it where instead of, I don't know, spending every day of the week with them, yeah, maybe one, maybe spend an hour with them, go out for an hour with them or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, I mean, yeah. If we're just talking top fives, you know, you got to keep your circle tight, but obviously like I know thousands of people, but I don't, you know, necessarily mess with thousands of people every single day, you know? So just, yeah. just try to, you know, keep, keep that, keep that in mind. And if you're talking about your top five, make sure it's, it's super strong and, you know, make them a priority. You don't got to cut out, you know, cut everybody off and say no, no, blah, blah, blah. But just, uh, you know. Yeah. Keep- no, because I, I do agree with you, honestly, 100%. I just know the pushback that I, whenever I tell someone that, that's the pushback that I get. Um, and I think that everything has got to be in moderation. And I, I do think that moderation is something that the entrepreneurial community, generally speaking, could benefit from learning. Um, because in, there's nothing in life that if you're not doing it in moderation, that you're going to be successful, right? So when people say I work like 25 hours, like Gary Van- Gary Vaynerchuk is Gary Vaynerchuk. I know he says he, he works 18 hours a day. Like, let's say he does hypothetically, which is a little bit suspect for me that somebody can genuinely work 18 hours a day, have a happy family where he spends time with his wife. It's just not physically possible. Um, yeah. Let's even say he worked for 18 hours, went to sleep for six hours, he never sees his wife and kids. So it's a little bit suspect to me, but let's even if take- If he ever sees this, if he ever sees this, no, dude, I, I fucking work 18 hours a day. You need to do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, 
there's actually a guy on YouTube. God, this guy's funny. Um, he actually started doing some more meaningful stuff, and I haven't really watched that. To tell you the truth, I kind of watch him for his uh, his humor. But he did like I watched Gary Vaynerchuk once, um, and he's like, uh, like if you think for one second, I don't know. It's so right, funny. right. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good impression. Oh, I, there was actually there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to get like uh, excommunicated for saying this, but there was a, there was a podcaster. I don't know what it was exactly, but uh, Gary Vaynerchuk was being interviewed by Grant Cardone, and mm-hmm. like the energy in that <laughs> room was like was like Grant Cardone was like, "Who works harder?" Than, who is like, "So so you tell me this, then you tell me this. Who works harder? You or me?" It's like. <laughs> Definitely me, hundred percent me, hundred percent. And like Gary Vaynerchuk's like always on something. Yeah, so something yeah. is going on there. And then Grant Cardone was like, "How do you know that? You don't know that. You don't know how hard I work. It's like it's impossible. It's just physically impossible that you work harder than me." And there was just like the most intense conversation. So, yeah, people can geek out on that about how how you know trying to, you know talk about how, how much they harder they work but you just got to focus on yourself man a hundred percent like like so i do genuinely believe in moderation for everything like again if you're if you decide had to decide between listening to my piece of advice versus gary vaynerchuk oh all the time i would say gary vaynerchuk because he's where he is and i'm not there yet mm-hmm. um however uh barring the barring guys like that i do believe in, in something of moderation and i know that one of the biggest pushbacks that people get give me whenever i'm suggesting like maybe you need to stop spending time with this person or that person that doesn't mean cut them out from your life but that means if you're for example hanging out with somebody who's taking you to parties and you're staying up until three o'clock in the morning like that's not a healthy relationship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and it's it's again moderation you don't have that if you're eating pizza every night for dinner like that doesn't mean cut stop eating pizza eat it once a week though you know, I'm going to have two slices instead of six slices. So everything in moderation. Yeah, um, okay. Sure. People, people will say you switched up. People will say you changed and, and everything like that. But that's that's part part of the game. I think Jay-Z said it. Like, you think I came this far to stay the same? Like, yeah, I got a mentor, Tom Camardi. He says, I'll, I'll run with you. I'll uh, jog with you. I'll walk with you. I'll crawl with you. But I'm not going to sit with you. I'm not going to just, like, sit here. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's good also, actually. Yeah um okay so after uh after um spend time with people who are going to p- help you move forward then what would you say is next yeah these, these are the last two you know stay stay cool under pressure it's uh just like i notice a lot of these real estate agents are just very level-headed and they're you know they they, they won't let you see you sweat no matter how much pressure they're under a lot of things are a lot of moving parts in the real estate transaction a lot of failure a lot of rejection a lot of things don't work out right they're, they're, you know, taking that out on, on somebody, probably their significant other or their, their bartender or something like that. But I noticed like in public, you know, and in conversations, they're pretty cool, calm and collective from, from my experience. And they don't do it for the money necessarily. Like they're, they're like, they know the money's going to come. And if their clients are making money, they're going to make money. Mm-hmm. And they know it's like, you know, a numbers game and not everything's going to work out. So you can't be very high strung and um you know too emotional in in the in the real estate game from from my experience you know well that kind of also goes back to the first one that you said right like when you're not doing it for the money but you know the money's going to come right like that's the difference between between somebody who has integrity with their business and somebody who doesn't somebody who's doing it for the money chases the money Um, and somebody who's doing it for the life and everything that it'll buy like that means sacrificing a paycheck today for a better paycheck tomorrow. Like that's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, just, just lastly, I think a common theme is they're, they're just, they, 
their hustle and their dedication and their, you know, tunnel vision on like the, on the long game. Um, and just, just never giving up, man, you know, just, you know, don't, don't forget about your, your, your client retention and your, your follow-up processes with your current clients, you know, um, and just stay, stay consistent because the, the top realtors have been through, uh, market downturns and recessions and good months and bad months and feast and famine and have found a way to, you know, a lot of them have maintained this for decades, you know, and have, have lived like long successful careers and, and worked it all out. And they, they did that by, you know, their, their level of hustle and, and dedication and, and all the above of, of this top 10 list. You know? So again, let's just kind of, I'm not going to, we're not going to talk about it one, uh, individually again, but if you were to mind just kind of running through, actually, before you do run through the list, let me ask you, mm-hmm. it almost sounded like this was kind of chronological, like you picked it, this top 10, but you also did it in a certain order because that's, it's almost like a, like a, like a roadmap. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of tweaks, like you, you, you mentioned a couple of good points today. I'll, 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 you know, tend to tweak it a little bit, but yeah, yeah. I think there is a little, little order to it. Okay, so let's so let's let's kind of go through it again in order, really quickly, one by one. Um, and I guess pretend, let's say, I got a pen and paper right now, and, and I'm writing down step by step. I'm a new agent. I'm I'm green in the face, and I want to make your magazine in the next two years. That's my end goal. I want to be in the real producer magazine, and that's going to be my holy grail. How do I get there? Run me through it. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, number one, do what you say you're going to do. You know, so build trust with your client. Listen more than you speak. Educate your client. And just be transparent with the information. Good news, bad news, you know, just put it out there. And um, number two, systems and processes. You know, so if you're going to do anything more than twice, create a process for it and stay organized. Number three, delegate. Know what you're good at, what you like doing, and then delegate the rest to somebody better equipped to take on those tasks. Um, Number four, be likable, relatable, involved in the community. Um, number five is network, professional networking events or door knocking or, or closing tables or waiting in the, in the coffee line is, is all networking. Uh, number six is be resourceful, be a resource for your client. Um, even after the transaction, have a guy or gal for everything, build strong affiliates, you know, vendors. Um, number seven, stay on top of real estate trends and data. Get all the education you can, take advantage of trainings at your offices and invest in self-development. Number eight is to surround yourself with people more successful than you are. So if you're the sum of you know five people you surround yourself with, make those people the, the best people you can get around. Uh, number nine is stay cool under pressure. You know, again, don't do it for the money. Keep your cool, um, be professional. And lastly, number 10 is just keep the long game in mind um stay consistent never give up and keep that level of hustle and, and dedication at, at its optimal point you know um and just just don't forget about your your clients after the transactions i think a lot of recurring business and referrals comes from maintaining those relationships so if you plant the seed sell it you know yeah I want to uh, really quickly before i let you go draw attention to the last one that you said about play it for the long game and kind of keep on grinding and keep on hustling. And that for me is so important because this is something that I've seen firsthand, both in my business, obviously, um, but certainly with my clients is that it is a long game. 
And the way that we do lead generation is it's about building meaningful relationships. It's not just about getting a sale in the next three months. Mm-hmm. So you, you generate relationships and then, and, then, and then you continue to talk to them and then they're in your network. And if you're expecting to become a millionaire in the first couple of months, like it's, 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 I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. But expect that a lot of rising stars that we got a lot of right, not a lot of rising stars, but people like less than three years in the in the game that are are at those levels. And Mm -hmm. this this is crazy. I think um, I don't want to misquote it, but like how how many agents don't make it through their first year? I think it's like 70 percent of agents or something. It's more. Yeah, it's it's 75 percent to 80 percent. Yeah. Um, So the average overnight success is 10 years in the making. I'm about like 11, 12 years since I touched ground in Philly real estate. You know, I'm not a real estate agent. I'm a marketing events guy, you know, but I give a lot of props to these realtors and I'm thankful to, to know them and learn from them. Yeah. You know, every, every, every magazine, I learn something new. Yeah. And, and I'd be the first to tell you that when you're in the thick of it and when you're in the weeds, like two years feels like a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right and then anytime i ever stop and i'm like i'm like god this is because everyone has thoughts of like like how what am i doing to myself because you gotta hustle man you can't be in this game unless you're willing to hustle honestly to an abnormal level so at some point in time it's inevitable you're gonna be like like is it worth all of this like how hard do i have to work for all of this and then you stop and then you're like if i told somebody who didn't know me that i've been doing this for two years and i'm working this hard it's like they'd be like bro you're crushing it but in the moment, it doesn't feel like that. So we're, so, we're harder on ourselves. We're harder on ourselves, you know. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's one of the it's it's kind of like that's a double edged sword, right? Like that that's our gift and our curse because yeah. it's what makes us successful. Um, but it's also, man, like you need you need the the wherewithal, you need the thick skin to be able to to just keep on getting up when they knock you down, and when when you knock yourself down, to tell you the truth. Um, Grant Cardone yeah. said, you're not, you're not a candle. You can't burn out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just keep, keep going, you know, stay, stay low, keep firing. You know? Yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. Listen, man, I, uh, I uh, actually, one more question, I guess, for the road. Sure. Uh, what's the number one mindset that you think holds people back from being successful? A, a scarcity mindset. You know, you want to operate out of abundance and not scarcity. You know, if, if you're, um, worried about you know what you're going to do with that one check when you get it and where it's going to go and um all the the bills and and debt you got to worry about um it's going to be hard to get ahead of that you know but if you um like think of the um the secret and the law of attraction and if you're you're looking at the pile of bills like it's a pile of checks and now you have a different mindset and you can take care you can take over the world so operating out of abundance and not scarcity and you know, keeping your foot on the pedal, the best time to get another sale is after you've made the sale, you know, and just, and just keep, keep going like that, you know, and yeah. that'll, that'll, that'll get you places. Don't focus on the small things, focus on the the big fish and the big goals, you know, and it only takes one or two, two licks like that to, to really get ahead. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. The top 10, uh, your 10 step roadmap to becoming a successful agent from literally the most exclusive real estate networker and, and magazine editor in the entire area of Philadelphia. I know you guys have locations all over the place. Um, so again, these aren't just, uh, I guess, conjecture from somebody who is very lightly associated with the game. This is the person who literally runs and operates the most exclusive club for real estate agents and professionals in the entire area. So if you want to get there, if you want to get uh, become part 
part of that holy grail. Um, it's an upward climb, but it's a continuous one. And if you follow the 10 steps, um, you'll get there one day. I, I think I pretty much synopsized uh, this, right? I, I, I synopsized this pretty well, right? Absolutely. You're the man. And you got a great podcast voice. I love what you're doing with your whole podcast. Um, I had a chance to check out a few episodes. I can't wait to catch up on the rest. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. It's very, very good. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Josh. Yep. Talk to you soon, Oliver. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real Marketers Podcast. I hope you found it valuable. Your success is my success, so I really want to see you grow. Please share this podcast to other realtors that you think will benefit from it. And if you want to take your business to another level, go to boarddigital.com and book a time to talk. Otherwise, I'll see you next time.